Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, um, Dan Colbert, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And as I always like to say, a roster that's going to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so... I bring you this episode. Um, the Steelers have made, as the title would suggest, the Steelers have made some cuts. We're getting closer to the final roster. The Steelers have played one preseason game against the Seahawks. Um, that They came out of that with the win, 32-25. And so, you know, as Steelers fans, we had a lot to be excited about. Um, we obviously had the three quarterbacks play, Kenny Pickett, Rudolph, Trubisky. Um, sort of, kick, you know, they, they played in the reverse order of that. Trubisky, four for seven, 63 yards, one TD. Rudolph, nine for 15, 93 yards um, for one TD. Kenny Pickett, 13 for 15, 95 yards, two TDs. Um, no interceptions from any of them, but although Mason Rudolph's throws were a bit dodged there. Um, you know, and, and sacks, Kenny Pickett got sacked twice for 17 yards, Rudolph once for 10 yards, and Trubisky, you know, had a couple of near misses um, from that perspective. So, Definitely a fairly solid day out from the Steelers. I think from the Steelers' perspective, I would have loved to have seen a, you know, a really, you know, sort of strong um, rushing touchdown, you know, a, a decent run there. Um, you know, I thought the quarterbacks moved around the pocket pretty well as well. So that was kind of cool um, to see too. I think obviously McFarland had the day that he needed to have. So he stays and fights another day on the roster. I love the sweep with Steve Sims. Um, Jalen Warren proved to me what it sounded like he'd been doing in training camp. I just wanted to see it in game conditions. Master Teague looked good. Um, you know, and I thought Kenny Pickett looked good as well. And he scrambled around just going off the box score. Gunnar Szczeski actually surprised me. You know what? Like I, I challenged on touchdown under with Mark, Mark Davison, Marky D, whether he'd provide anything in the receiving game. And so I think, you know, I definitely got proven not wrong, but I got proven that he can do something there. So I was excited for Oshesky, and I think he's helped make himself make the team, um, particularly when we go through some of the cuts and changes that I'll talk about. George Pickens. With three receptions at an average of 14.3 for 43 yards, one TD, looked terrific um, on the five targets that he faced. Tyler Vaughn's obviously scored the winning touchdown. Jalen Warren looked good too with his touchdown. Um, And, of course, Connor Haywood, you know, we're all hyped up about him. He did some great things too. Um, And Sternberger as well, I think, showed everyone a little bit what I had sort of been talking about at different points through the offseason so far that he could be a, a sort of replacement there from Freemuth. Um, if Freemuth had to sit a game or two out off the practice squad, if you had put Jace there. Miles Boykin, two receptions, 17 yards, did some stuff on special teams too as a gunner in tackling. So that was really positive. Um, moving over to the defense, Buddy Johnson had seven tackles. That's what he needed. He needed to get some reps. Um, six tackles from Pierre, one pass defense, two pass defenses from Trey Norwood. Um, one quarterback hit for Mark Robinson, obviously the famous hit that turned this, turned uh, turned basically the game back into Pittsburgh's favor. Um, Hamel, Hamel Carr, Rashad Jr. had a um, quarterback hit as well, as did DeMarvin Leal. I thought DeMarvin Leal looked good, um, you know, in, in what I thought was more limited game time. So having gone over that, 
The Steelers have made a bunch of transactions. So this comes to you live on air on your, it should be coming going live on your Wednesday afternoon. So there may even be further changes by the time this goes to air. I record this on my Wednesday night. Um, I've left it as late in the night as I can without bad getting on my back for having the podcast to him late mid morning. Um, so I'm going to recap since Deontay Johnson's contract on the 8th of August, we signed Rondell Carter waived um, TD Moultrie, activated Tyson Tyson Alawalu off the pup list. Then we waived Ulysses Gilbert III, obviously all the injuries, um, brought in Hamilcar, Hamilcar Rashad Jr. off waivers from the New York Jets. We then signed Christian Blake um, on the 11th of um, August, right before the game, um, waived injured you know Javon McKinley. And then since then, They've paid off his injury designation, so he can leave the squad free to join another team, but he doesn't count for the Steelers um, and their players, so they're given the injury payoff there. Then they've, in the last sort of 24 hours to me recording this, they've claimed Ryan McCollum off waivers from Detroit, Wave Nate Gilliam, which I think is, uh, if they believe Ryan McCollum's got more to offer, he did play a game or two um, for Detroit in 2021, then that's a good thing. They've also signed William Dunkel, placed Carl Joseph and Anthony Miller on the in- reserve injured list. I'm devastated for Anthony Miller. I said back in like March that I thought he would have a good year, and then particularly when we signed Trubitsky, but I said it before that. Um, I've harped on about that through the, the offseason. I feel like he would have had a decent year. I feel like he would have made the top five wide receivers with Oshesky maybe as the six. I think it does open the door now. Um, there for Miles Boykin. Um, devastated for him. Carl Joseph, I had on a practice squad as a depth piece. Not surprised there. He went off obviously pretty early in that game. Those guys are now on IR for the season under the rules. We released Doug Coston. Interesting. Um, Jake Dixon as well. Punter Cameron Zeliak and center Chris Owens. So no real like deep surprises there. I don't think. Obviously, there's the two injuries to note um, too, and we've got we've cut the roster back to the 85 that it needs to be for this week before I think then it goes to 75 for the following week, and then we get down to 53 in the practice squad in that bye week um, before the start of the season. So with that in mind, I guess I wanted to look at in this podcast, really, where do we sit now on the depth chart in terms of who's there that you know, where like based on the even week one's performance, how are we feeling about things, how are we resetting on some things? So the Steelers depth chart does look updated, but I'm not I wouldn't call this a depth chart 2.0 or even 3.0. I would call this they've got rid of some players that they had to get rid of and they've moved players up the chart. So right now, for example, if you go onto Steelers.com as I record this podcast, wide receiver Dante Johnson, then Anthony Miller, then Gunnar Oshesky, Calvin Austin III, Tyler Snead. Now, we don't know what the injury cloud is on Calvin Austin III, but Anthony Miller's on IR. So he, he should, he's technically off that. And that's in that first designation they have with wide receivers, because then later on in the offensive depth chart, the last two rows are also listed with the wide receivers, guys like Claypool, White, Pickens, Boykin, Sims, and Vaughns. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but when I look at it right now, I think you've got your top receivers in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and only doing that via experience, Pickens. So they're your top three. I think from that perspective where we probably thought, Steve, like, you know, Anthony Miller was probably number four, 
You've probably got Boykin or Sims in there right now. It's probably Boykin because of special teams at four. Uh, and then you're probably going um, Calvin Austin in fifth, just because of that injury cloud. He could be the fourth or fifth one. Then Gunnar Oshesky. So that put Vaughn's on the practice squad, Sims on the practice squad. But I think it's, and then Cody White on the practice squad as well. I think Cody White's doing enough to make the squad this year. Um, and I, I think he's slower. I, I don't see why they're, continuing to go down that route but anyway um they obviously the Steelers know more than i do that that's why they do it professionally but when it comes to boykin i think what he offers on special teams the replacement there for claypool with injuries the big size the big body um the versatility that brings i think is really interesting versus steven sims who looks they tried him in a running game and sweep stuff and that's how he could make this roster um he's if he makes the roster then I think they definitely wanted to keep Anthony Miller and they're looking to they looking to move Steve Sims into that kind of a role. I like Stephen Sims, I really do, but I also really like Boykin. Um it's why I kind of I don't want them to trade Claypool because I actually want to see Claypool respond. But if they did, I wouldn't sit here and go, that's I wouldn't be here, you know, waving my fist at the clouds. I would be here like, okay, the Steelers got a plan. So that's how I'm feeling about the wide receiver room right now. In terms of the offensive line. Oh, let's actually let's start with running back. So with right now the depth chart is listed as Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane Jr., Jalen Warren, then Mateo Durant and Master Teague. So the four top four being Harris, Snell, McFarlane Jr., um, Jalen Warren. Now Teague might be injured. I think Mateo Durant, someone that's in a practice squad unless another team wants to look at him. I think we're getting pretty set, guys. I think we're looking at you know, Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Andrew McFarlane Jr., Jalen Warren, especially if McFarlane Jr. can have another good preseason game and, you know, Warren stays fit. I think that's kind of what we're going to season him with with those four. And I think McFarlane's starting to prove that he can do something. Um, let's hope that continues. People know that Snell's, you know, somewhere on the third or fourth in, you know, in a best case scenario, but he can, he can play those reps for us. And he's that as, you know, a lot of my BTSC colleagues have said all offseason, he's that guy that if, you know, Harris got injured for a long stretch, he'd be a bell cow. Um, and then you've got Jalen Warren in there who needs to get more reps. So I'm pretty happy with that. Same of when we look at the tight end position as well. I've said all offseason, Connor Haywood, as it's progressed, he, he Raider'd be, Raider would be competing with him for a spot. And Connor Haywood's ahead of him now on the depth chart. And I really do think Connor Haywood, even if he's listed as third, I think he's their second priority behind Gentry. It's just the blocking um, and the reliability of Gentry. And also, Gentry's earned his place. He's built himself up from practice squads um, and sitting at the bottom of the depth chart as well. He deserves to be there. He deserves that right of seniority. But he's going to have to fight to keep it. I think Haywood is going to really challenge him. And so that we're going to take a break on Steel's Warren because I'm going to probably get a bit of a tangent in uh, in part two. So I want to keep you stay tuned for that. But before I go to that break, just a reminder, Behind the Steel Curtain is a family of podcasts across all the podcast networks that you listen to. That's how you're listening to it now. Spotify, Apple iTunes, Pandora, Stitcher, Anchor. Um, we also have a lot of articles and great contents and film rooms and player breakdowns and draft prospects even, um, believe it or not, fantasy football, the works, all breaking news on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure after today's show, you go check out everything that we've got to offer from a content perspective from behind the steel curtain. 
We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of, you know, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. So we talked about some of those sort of skill positions in wide receiver. We talked about transactions. We talked about skill positions in running back, tight end, wide receiver um, on the offense. And obviously, quarterback, uh, like, there's no point really going delving into much there. I think Chris, Chris Oladukin's that Josh Dobbs-style replacement, um, you know, for the scouting team, for Lamar Jackson. Let's hope he can turn into more. Um, you know, perhaps we're looking through rose-colored glasses after, or Steelers' black and gold-colored glasses after what we saw um, from, I think it was Tyler Huntley um, last year over at, of, at Baltimore. I think Pickett looked good. I think if Pickett continues on this progression... I wouldn't hate him starting week one. I'd prefer he doesn't. I'd prefer to give him four to six weeks to get an understanding and a feel for what that NFL preparation week looks like. Better familiarity with the ones, better familiarity with the playbook. Um, you know, not the pressure of having to start the season for the Steelers. Um, you know, I think that would be really helpful, but I think he's going to be a lot more ready to go than what everyone realizes. And that's the benefit of having someone that played a long college career, um, you know, that is a bit older, um, that is a cool ahead. So I guess the rest of the, for the offense, the only other positions we've got to look at is the offensive line. Now we did talk about some transactions with a couple of guys brought in and Dunkel, um, there and McCollum as well from Detroit. Now, I it was interesting they cut Dixon. There's a guy sitting on this roster, Jordan Tucker. Uh, now, Jordan Tucker is out of North Carolina, and he's someone that, number 72, if you see him on the field, 340 pounds, six foot six. He's someone that I, I, I liked when they picked him up. You know, remember this guy, uh, you know, blocked for Sam Howell. Um, you know, in that North Carolina team. He's someone that I actually think um, is offers something for the Steelers as a prospect. I think if even if he doesn't make the roster, I'm hoping um, that he can certainly, you know, the Steelers can keep him on that practice squad. I would love to see that um, because I think he's a guy with a bit of training that can really develop. Um, you know, that that's the thing that I like about Jordan Tucker. Uh, I, I think that people don't necessarily, he's not on people's radar because he wasn't drafted. He wasn't, he's a little bit on my radar, uh, you know, when the call, like through the draft process, but I wouldn't have necessarily said that he was someone that I was deeply focused on the Steelers, um, you know, picking up um, from that perspective. So, you know, it's hard to say, you know, from, from where we're looking at it in that regard. But with him, he was someone that was listed on, um, you know, in some of the preseason, he was listed as a tackle to watch um, in the ACC as well. So I think that that's something to keep in mind with a guy like that. Um, you know, he was someone that I think PFF might've had him in there um, from that, from that perspective. He's someone that I think, you know, uh, I think he will obviously need snaps. He's going to be raw like that, you know, being that rookie um, out, out of, you know, when you're undrafted, you know, you're going to have about an amount of raw talent because realistically people are going to be like, well, you know, how do we trust you? You know, like how do we trust what you've got to offer? Like you've, you've teams have gone through and scouted, um, particularly when they're looking at a guy like a tackle where you've got the quarterback, um, 
there and you know i'll say they're, they're looking at your play they're looking at how, what you're doing and you know if you can't come out of that but he's sort of survived the first cut he's and he's beaten jake dixon out um and, and that's the exciting thing for me from that regard because he's still he's trying to fight he's trying to find a way um to to just stay on this roster um and that's going to be a real benefit i think when it comes to you know, how he's able to continue to perform. As I say, not a name on everyone's list, and I can completely appreciate that, but he is a guy that's been on my list. Um, I noticed Tony Pauline when he did the scouting stuff. He said he's a massive offensive lineman who is best in a small area, quickly steps up off the snap, immediately fires his hands into defenders and stays square, strong, turns defenders from the action, seals them from plays, keeps his head on a swivel and always looks for someone to hit. Negative, lacks, lacks agility, shows no mobility in his game, lacks footwork in space and struggles to adjust. He's a size prospect with athletic limitations. He could be a backup in a power gap blocking scheme. I still think that's enough for the Steelers to try and do something and work with that there. Um, and that's why I'm hopeful that maybe we can even see something um, you know, from him before the before the offseason is out. So, I mean, I say I think he's not going to make the squad necessarily, but he will be practice squad. The other person, he's now he's listed de- depth as fourth at right tackle. Trent Scott's depth, you know, listed at second. There's no third. Um, Trent Scott's a bit older, so if there's not much between them, I prefer. I always prefer the young guy. Um, at left tackle, Dan Moore, pretty good. Joe Hague's there as a backup. Then Chaz Green, who was there through the preseason last year, I don't see any change there. Kevin Dodson's apparently injured. We saw that at training camp um, earlier on this week after the game. Kendrick Green then I think slots in there at left guard. People will have with Mason Cole. Some people weren't. Some people thought Jason ha- JC Hassanow was good. Obviously the Steelers put in for the waiver wire put in for the waiver wire for McCollum. He probably would be an upgrade on Hassenhow potentially. Um, but Hassenhow knows the scheme, so it's hard to say. I'm glad. Go back and listen to Cutting Room 4 if you like. I know Jeffrey Bennett's got an article about this on BehindSteelCurtain.com too. He talked about James Daniels, who had some average play um, against the Seahawks, and it kind of worried me a little bit, you know, as well, to be honest. But as Jeffrey calmly put it, you don't get, you know, you don't have 2,000 snaps, you know, in a season and and basically only allow four sacks if if you can't do, um, you can't adjust, you know, beyond pre-snap reads. So, I'm going to keep the faith in James Daniels, but it does worry me. <laughs> Let me tell you, it worries me when you got a Dotson injured. I'd rather Dotson and Green be fighting it out. Um, and even if it takes Daniels a while to adjust or he needs to spend some time getting his head together, fine. Um, but yeah, like we, we, the Steelers fans need him to bounce back next week. You know, it's got to start then. Um so that's kind of how we're looking. So you know, I guess if we want to recap with the offense, I think cuts are coming in green. I think Tucker will be lucky to maybe make the next set, but I think they'd bring him back on a practice squad. I think Tyler Sneed will be cut. I think Cody White may even face a cut. Um, although I think the Steelers like him more than I do. So you might find him mate, he makes 75, then goes to the practice squad. Um, if Master Teague is not injured, I could see them cutting Durant as well. Um, but I think they would like to ideally put get him listed on a practice squad. I think they'll cut um, Trent Scott as well. They'll want to see more out of the glue. So that's the offense. 
Moving on to the defense. So I think this is interesting. Like they've cut a lot from the offense so far. We haven't really cut from the defense. And I think also you think about the guys that are going on like the pup and injured lists as well. Um, defensive tackle. I think they're going to really want to get a good look at the Davis brothers. I think they're pretty much set. That their top guys are Haywood, Alawalu, Adams, Ogan Joby. They'll keep Latimer. They're trading the draft for him. Probably Wormley unless they can get a trade offer and Liao. So I think it really, it's about the Davis brothers, Henry Mondo, Donovan Jeter, like these are the guys that are fighting it out, you know, in this defensive line. Um, Jeffrey Benedict talked a lot in his cutting room floor about Wormley's run defense being worse than Henry Mondo's or equal to. That's concerned. I mean, he had a, he had you know, seven sacks off the top of my head last year. So for me, like with Wormley, you sit there and you say, well, you know, pass rush is really good. We don't know what Alalu is going to do or not do, but that's why they've got Montrevis Adams. That's why they brought him back. And I think they want him learning from Alalu and he'll be that cheap interior defensive lineman that just over delivers for the Steelers. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about it for Adams. I thought Liao looked good. You know, I, I do think Wormley becomes dispensable if you can get any sort of trade market. I don't think they're, I think, and I, you know what? I'd be as bold to say that he has a better trade value this offseason than he did last year. Um, but yeah, I think Donovan Jeter is an easy cut. Mondo to the practice squad. One of the Davis brothers to this practice squad and probably the other one cut um, and Wormley goes, to be honest. Um, or maybe they keep one of the Davis brothers on the roster. Outside linebacker, and they're not, they would if they were worried about Avery, they would have played him, I think, in week one. Um, I think we may see more of him week two or week three. Uh, but I expect him to make the squad at the left outside linebacker role, another outside linebacker role, or even, you know, as a fourth inside. Devin Bush, Robert Spillane. Devin Bush's comments are alarming. Robert Spillane can't cover. I'm worried. Um, I think this is the only reason why Marcus Allen's still sitting on this roster right now. I think he's a practice squad player. Um, I'm glad to see Buddy Johnson get some more time. We need to see more of that. I don't know what he's going to be like in coverage, you know, beyond what we saw last week. I mean, we don't even have Hamilcar Rashad, um, Hamilcar Rashad Jr. listed on this depth chart right now, which is kind of weird. It makes me think they'll cut him too. Um, Mark Robinson needs to develop, as Jeffrey Benedict said, even though he had that great play. Outside linebacker from the right side, we've got Delonte Scott. I think he's a he's a quick cut. Um, Derek Tutskis, I think he's, he's the fourth outside linebacker right now. Um Maybe they do carry four. They might. They might have to as well. Um, cornerback, glad to see Chris Steele here. I didn't really get to see much play from him over the weekend. I, don't I couldn't. I don't remember a call seeing on the field, but I'm sure he did make it on the field. Um, I want to see more this week. Hotel missed that tackle. I'd rather see more from Steele. Steiner at free safety, I think, just gets cut. I don't know why they continue to do this. He's just, it's a waste of time. Same with Lyndon Stevens. It's kind of a camp body to save an injury, but that still happened with Kyle Joseph anyway. So I think from that perspective, like, you know, maybe he plays this week, but then it's bye bye. I'd rather than play Killer Brew more, um, even though he's going to be a special team gun for us. I thought Millette looked really good in the nickel, really good. I thought Sutton played pretty well. Pierre, even though he had a lot of tackles, doesn't excite me. I think he got burnt on a couple of plays, if I'm making sure that I'm recalling those correctly. And Lane has never lived up to being a third-round draft pick. Again, if you could bucket him with Wormley in a trade for someone, do it. Um, I think they're going to have to bring someone else in. They're going to have to bring someone in through this process, even if it's another team's cut, to look at 
you know, the inside linebacker spot because uh, this is back to being a concern. Um, Miles Jack needs to partner with someone big time. Uh, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just alarming to, to be honest. Um, I, I worry about the weakness up the middle. Um, there, it, it, we just can't have that. We saw what that was like when we relied on, you know, a Bostich, um, you know, to, or Bostic, depending on how you want to pronounce it, to be that inside defensive, you know, that inside defense at linebacker. Um, the thing is, though, is that there's not really been just going through the cut lists right now. Um, you know, it was interesting actually, Brett Hunley got, um, cut by the Ravens as I, as I looked through the list. Um, there's not been anyone that I think the Steelers could probably really go after at linebacker. Um, I actually think that's a, that's a kind of league weakness right now. I think there's in other years we've had sort of a lot of really good, um, you know, linebackers spread throughout the league, but I don't think, you know, the, I think that's an area where we've seen, we've got less depth of talent um, across the NFL right now. Chicago cut several, um, you know, linebackers, but there's not, there's again, not a name that rings out. Maybe Ellis Brooks, um, who I think was out of Penn State, Green Bay cut him. Maybe you bring him in. Maybe they know him. Maybe he wants to go back, um, you know, to be closer to where he played in college. That's probably the name as they go through the cut list right now um, of probably the linebacker that makes the most sense. I think they're going to really have to wait for this second round of cuts to happen um, before they sort of find a guy um, that might be able to offer them something there that they will at least, you know, pique their interest um, right now. A lot of cuts have started happening as well. So, you know, watch that sort of develop um, over the coming days. Um, So, yeah, look, it is going to be interesting to see how the Steelers address this linebacker position. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play this um, through the preseason as well, because they're not doing, as Jeffrey Benedict rightly pointed out, they're not doing those plays that help a guy like a Spillane. So things are accentuated right now, but that, I, to me, that's no real excuse to how it's sitting. So I guess to wrap this all up in a bow, as a Steelers fan, you know, you might be sitting here going, well, hang on, Matt, you sound like you're being pretty negative on it. I'm actually pretty happy with what we've got. We've got more camp battles than what I think many of us might have considered back in March or even after the draft. I think the rookies are looking good. I mean, between I mean, they say if you can pull two to three decent starting rookies out of a draft class, it's a success. Like Pickens, Pickett, Leal are those guys, let alone what we haven't even got to see in Austin with an, because of his injury yet. Um, you know, and then if they can find a guy like a depth piece in a Chris Steele, um, well, even better. Like, and even though Robinson didn't have the best game, um, he did have a game-changing play, and he was a seventh-round draft pick. So I don't think we can hate on that um, terrifically much. Connor Haywood as well is someone I didn't even get to mention there. Like, this draft could spring four or five players for the Steelers easily, um, and that doesn't even count the undrafted guys like a Master Teague and a Mateo Durant. Um, so, yeah, I think it is exciting, exciting prospects. Um, we didn't see Harris, Najee Harris. We didn't see Cameron Haywood. We didn't see Ogan Joby. We didn't see TJ Watt. Um, I don't, yeah, so I don't think we saw Heisman. Um, we did, we did. Um, so, you know, like this team's only going to get better um, as well with, you know, no Minka. Um, 
so yeah, I think you got to be pretty happy with a 32-25 score. Seals let them back into the game, but they played a lot of starters. They played their starting offensive line through the first half. Uh, they really worked hard, um, you know, on those quarterbacks in that battle that they had a lot to play for. Steals just look good. Um, so bring on game two against Jacksonville. Jacksonville will want to put up a good show against the Steelers. There's lots of young players there fighting for a position. Doug Pedersen is, you know, no slouch of a coach. Um, and yeah, excited for more football this weekend. As always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.